And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. And Reverend Kevin Sherritt, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Tennessee. Thanks for having me, Dan. Well, gentlemen, it's nice to have you again in the studio. Last week we had the same cast of characters. And this week we have an interesting discussion, again, and it's regarding really pain and suffering. Um, the uh, fellows here around these microphones are very familiar with um, um, a dear friend who has cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not doing well. Um, some of us have had loved ones who got sick and died. Um, I think um, not too long ago, Kevin, you remember um, uh, Morgan Keir um, yeah. very suddenly died. His heart stopped. Here's a young young family. Mm-hmm. These things are hard. They yeah. they they rip your soul. And this is not a how do I put it? This is not a friendly world to live in. Uh, these heartbreaks hit. Uh, Kevin, before we open the mic today, uh, you were mentioning um, some of the stuff going on down there in the south. What were you uh, talking about? The, I think the tornadoes. Well, yeah, as I think most. Most folks are aware we've had some pretty devastating tornadoes in this region of the country um, not long ago in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and then just a, a couple of weeks ago in Joplin, Missouri. And these, uh, the one in Joplin, I think there's mm-hmm. about 140, 150 people dead. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a church there as well, and, and we're uh, trying to, our whole presbytery is trying to do some aid that region of the country, but these are devastating scenarios, and the stories are uh, gruesome and graphic, and uh, yeah. and they're they're heart wrenching stories. Yeah, and, and the loss of life. I, I was just thinking, in my experience, I cannot remember a time when the tornadoes have caused so much loss of life mm-hmm. uh, ever, uh, even close to to the number of lives lost as these have this spring. Yeah, and so um, here we sit at these mics, and we're 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 troubled. You know, we're Christian men. We don't doubt God. Um, in fact, um, I've got uh, my finger in a in a page here of the Westminster Confession. It talks about providence, and maybe I'll just read just a quick portion. It says, um, "God, the great Creator of all things, doth uphold, direct, dispose, and govern all creatures, actions, and things." from the greatest even to the least, by his most wise and holy providence, according to his infallible foreknowledge and the free and immutable counsel of his own will, to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice, goodness, and mercy. And, of course, we hold to that, no question about it. But what do you do if your wife just died of cancer? What do you do if the tornado just destroyed your whole family, your home, and everything that you have. These are hard things. And, um, Kevin, I'm thinking about a a series that you just preached through on Ecclesiastes. We carried those messages here on Proclamation, on Redeemer. Um, Can you fellas help, before we take our break, and we'll continue past it afterwards, how do you deal with this stuff from a Christian perspective and not go crazy 
I think one of the things, and I, I, Kevin's got a lot more deep in there, but I just want to start off. There's two initial responses that, that I've seen, and, and one is a response to many of the Jews at the time of the Holocaust, mm. and that is to not deny the existence of God. After the Holocaust, uh, Judaism uh, became, for, for many of them, highly atheistic, and there have been studies yeah. in this, and, and uh, people just rejecting the notion of God. The other response often is, uh, even among Christians, and I, I sat in a group of pastors after the terrible tsunami quite a few years ago that just killed hundreds of thousands, and a number of those pastors stood up and said, basically, God didn't cause that. Okay, yeah. And, and that's a deistic you know, deism, God set everything in motion, now stands back, and he's not involved. The Westminster Confession is right. God is involved. Now, what is he doing and what is he saying? That's where we've, we've got to listen and understand, and that's where it gets hard. Mm. So you have to affirm, as Mark said, uh, the sovereignty of God, that these are not events that God is surprised by or somehow elude his control. But at the same time, there's a number of other things that have to be said in this discussion, mm-hmm. and they don't often get said, and because they don't often get said, um, I think some dangerous conclusions are drawn. One is that while the creation was created good by God, it is nonetheless fallen Absolutely. and under a curse. And Things like tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, cancer remind us that um, for all the goodness and beauty of the world and and human life and culture, that that, that the world is bent, it's twisted, and that we are, if you will, east of Eden, and uh, that human existence is um, an existence torn from its original communion with the creator and with the creation and these things uh, and it's not just a lone event here or there i mean there's tens of thousands of these sorts of events daily if we have eyes to see them that remind us of the uh, the grim universality of death and the the injustice and the agony of the human condition and so rather than being completely shocked uh, by say a tornadic uh, path of destruction um, it, it's simply a reminder of what Christians ha, ha, and, you know, have always theologically affirmed mm-hmm. that a curse lies on the ground of the creation and as the Apostle Paul puts it the creation groans, groans yeah. the creation is in travail the creation is subject to futility uh, because God subjected it in hope that there will be a renewed creation, a, a, a shalom, a peace, and a wholeness, and a harmony, and a restoration in the created order. So in that sense, tornadic activity is a reminder, uh, not of some weird, aberrant sort of thing, but of something which is fundamental, that the creation is fallen. And so we affirm the sovereignty of God, but we also affirm the fallenness of the creation. And, and this means, among other things, that the providence of God, which we affirm, he upholds and directs and disposes and governs all things, uh, is, is nonetheless a providence which is often inscrutable to us. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to affirm that God is sovereign. It's another thing to try and tease out what a plane wreck 
might mean. And I think that's part of the value of the book of Ecclesiastes. It, the, the preacher there is looking at the world, and he is basically saying, uh, you know, I see righteous men die young, I see wicked men live long, I see all men die like dogs, I see injustice, I see vanity, I see greed, I see, in many cases, no advantage that wise men have over fools. Mm-hmm. And he's, in one sense, you could say he's, he's taken an empirical approach to the world, a world mm-hmm. a, a, an approach where he looks at the world with his eyes, he tries to reason from all this phenomena out there, and he says, it's all vanity, it's all vapor, it's all elusive, I can't grasp mm-hmm. it. And so I, I do think that's a helpful sort of a bracing tonic in the face of these sorts of disasters mm-hmm. that that, uh, that we weep more and pontificate less. Yes, yeah, amen yeah. to that. Yeah. We're going to take a short break. Today we're talking about the providence of God and human suffering and tragedy. Very tough subject to really deal with. This is Redeemer Broadcasting's A Plain Answer. Joining me today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich and the Reverend Kevin Sherratt. Stay with us. We'll be right back. When you lead me to the valley of vision, I can see you in the heights. And though my humbling wouldn't be my decision, it's here your glory shines so Let me learn that the cross precedes the crown to be We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. So let me learn that my losses are my gain. To be broken is to heal. That the valleys where your power is revealed. Let me find your
And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Daniel Mendorf. Join me today in the studio, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, and on the phone, the Reverend Kevin Sherritt. We're talking about a tough subject today. It's human suffering and tragedy and the providence of God. Gentlemen, um, we're partway through the broadcast today. Can you kind of summarize where we're at and how we take it from here? Okay, well, I guess what we said so far is we affirm God's sovereignty over yeah. human human suffering. We have to, because uh, Scripture uh, uh, requires us to affirm mm. God as, as, a, as a sovereign God. At the same time, we acknowledge that the creation has fallen. It's twisted. It's bent. Um, mm. It's not. It's it's fallen from its original design. Right. Yeah. And that we can't see this providence. We affirm that it's there, but we often, and, and, and probably in the vast majority of cases, are not privy to what certain historical or political or tragic events mean. As it says in Deuteronomy, the things that are revealed, that is revealed in God's Word, are for us and our children. The secret things belong to the Lord. So we don't pontificate about the meaning of, of this or that or the other thing, or if we do, we do it in a chastened and very cautious and humble way right. about what these providential events. Yeah, I, I I like what you say there, a chastened and humble way. I, I just was thinking, essentially, after Oliver Cromwell, after he died, and and the uh, the rule went back to monarchy instead of to the Puritans. I, some of the Puritans. Um, one of them commented, God has spit in our face. And I thought he expressed well, humbly, <laughs> what had mm-hmm. happened, that God had done it, but also that uh, they had, in many ways, failed. And that's what we mm-hmm. understand. But right. I, I love the apologetic of this, too, because this describes the world. We look at this world, and it's incredible, it's magnificent. We can say, yes, God created everything, and it was very good. And at the same time, we look at all the problems in this world, and we say, yeah, sin has entered this world, and it's, it's very distorted. Mm. Yeah, Pascal spoke of the grandeur and the misery of man. Yeah. And you need a, a vision of reality that accounts both for its grandeur and for its misery. Mm-hmm. And doesn't treat the misery like an aberration. Right. And that's the Scripture, and Scripture does that very well. Well, here's a hypothetical case. How would you deal with it as a pastor? A a wife has a husband. The husband gets cancer. He suffers horribly. Uh, He dies, leaving young children in the family. Um, You guys are pastors called upon the scene. How would you deal with it? I think the one of the best ways you deal with those is you weep with those who weep. Mm. Um, give them great answers. Uh, no, that's you weep with those who weep. Amen. Uh, we don't have, as Kevin said, we don't. We can't pontificate about all of God's answers. You sure, know? you can't. Uh, you know, obviously, in, in in that situation, people don't need your yeah. theology. They need your presence. Yeah. Mm. But as a pastor, I think we, Mark and I would both say that the weeping with those who weep in the, in the presence, uh, in the place of grief, is driven by our theology. Absolutely. And thus driven by something really central in the, Christian, uh, in the Christian vision, and that is that our God 
has become man and mm-hmm. taken on our humanity and thus stepped into this um, cursed world and this agonized existence and, and was himself um, rejected and abused and violently and unjustly put to death and, and had his life cut short. His mother watched him be executed. Mm, and, true. and this is something unique, again, to the Christian faith, that mm-hmm. the Christian God does not stand aloof from human agony, does not, does not send help from the outside or help from above, but comes into this creation which is alienated from him in order to effect atonement, to call out uh, people from every tribe and tongue and nation to himself, and to restore the creation. Mm-hmm. And, this, and this points us to, to the hope of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. If there's no resurrection from the dead, then... You know, as Paul says, let us eat, drink, and be merry, because nothing means anything. The universe is a tale told by an idiot, signifying nothing, going nowhere. <laughs> but if there, is a, if there is a God who has come into our agony, who's, who's at the bottom of injustice and violence and death, and who has been raised and who has pledged in that resurrection to restore the cosmos, now this may not, you know, in the short term, ease the acute pain of the loss of a loved one, but over time, it has shown throughout the history of the church that it does, in fact, have that power to renew hope mm-hmm. and to enable people to go on in, in, in the hope of the gospel, which is the hope of the resurrection and immortality and a new creation, because that's precisely what we need. Yeah, that's the, that's the light that kind of peeks into the cave where you're lost, and you just keep following that beam, and it gets brighter and brighter as you go <laughs> and that's that's it we have to understand we live for eternity yeah and that's what we've got to have that focus because you know, kevin right. you quoted uh, romans 8 a little earlier about the creation groaning right. groaning for the redemption and and that's the thing the ultimate culmination will be the redemption of creation Itself, so that we have that Garden of Eden almost concept mm-hmm. back, where we get back to to that Garden of Eden where there's no suffering, which is a huge contrast, for example, to the Far East where you have the yin and the yang, balancing evil and good. <laughs> we don't balance evil with good. Ultimately, right. Christ and, and God and his power overcomes the evil, right. and it, mm-hmm. it's totally yeah. defeated and destroyed. Yeah. And suffering's not an illusion to us. Mm-hmm. We take it with, with, with right. uh, dread seriousness, and in fact we believe that in, in and through Jesus Christ that suffering has become redemptive. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. The means of redemption of the, of the world's restoration yeah. and renewal. And, and if we don't layer all these things together this way, then a tornado that destroys people... Uh, is the same as a sunny day that everybody goes to, to watch a Little League game on. Yes, yes. I mean, it, without this vision of both a sovereign God and a fallen creation and then a redemption in Christ and a future hope of restoration, that whole vision that is the Christian faith, if you don't have that, you just have a cosmos swirling along endlessly. You may prefer certain th- events to other <laughs> events, but, yeah. but no event has any intrinsic meaning. Right. Or, or value, or telos, or end. You know, it's, it doesn't point to anything. So, you know, we can't... The, the mere fact that men recognize something is 
vitally and, and, and agonizingly wrong about a young person, a young man or a young woman dying from cancer. It indicates right. that they are still made in God's image. Very true. Right. Well, I see we're uh, out of time already for this broadcast. Gentlemen, thank you so much for sharing from your hearts today as pastors. This is a tough subject regarding tragedy, pain, and suffering in the providence of God. If our listeners have a question, uh, would you please send your question to the following email address? It is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. That's ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. We'll pass this question along to one of these fine pastors, and they can help answer your question. We have a Redeemer, the Redeemer of God's elect, the Lord Jesus Christ. Without Him, there is no hope. And yet He entered into your suffering, into my suffering, as our Savior, and understands all of our suffering. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. This is a plain answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. In the studio has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich. On the phone, the Reverend Kevin Sherritt. Please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. to